If you would take your Bibles this morning and turn over to 1 Samuel chapter number 3. I can't get away from this passage. I touched on it about two weeks ago on a Wednesday night. It was a sub-point in the message, one of the messages on child training on the battle for our little ones. But I've not been able to get away from this statement, from this verse, and uh, I don't know what God wants to do this morning, but I know this, he's wanting to do something. And um, I don't pretend to always know what God wants to do. There's a little bit of a subdued spirit here this morning, which is okay. I... um, I prayed, hope you did, before you came to church this morning. I hope nobody's here just to go through the motions, check off your to-do list for this week, go to church Sunday morning. I hope you came here to hear from God. And I have no, I have no agenda but then to deliver to you just the thought upon my heart. It may be a testimony, it may be a message, who knows. But... Um, I got to mind the Lord, okay? I don't have any notes in front of me. This is just off my heart. And uh, we'll see what God has for us. Out of 1 Samuel chapter 3, would you stand with me please? A very familiar passage of scripture. I have preached from this chapter probably dozens of times. But the statement and the thought this morning that we're going to look at has been fresh for two weeks on my heart. And I hope that you'll listen carefully. 1 Samuel 3 verse 1, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim, that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, And Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I call not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I call not, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. I want to preach this morning on that little thought in verse 9. I can't get away from it. If he call thee. Lord, I pray that you would help us this morning. May the Word of God become alive. For those of us that have been in church, 
or we know this story, we're familiar with this story, but there's something fresh here for us today. I ask you to touch me, touch my heart, my mind, my mouth, my lips. May I communicate to your people exactly what you would have me to in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You can be seated. As I said, these verses are familiar, the story of Samuel, the story of how in chapter number one, his mother came and prayed for a son. God answered her prayer and miraculously gave her a child. And for the child that she prayed, she said that she was going to lend him back to the Lord in chapter one, verse 28. And then she prayed a prayer in verse chapter number two. We get a little insight in chapter 2, verse 12, down through the rest of the chapter to the spiritual condition of Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, that were priests there in the temple. And then we get to chapter number 3, and the story picks up with the verses that we just read. As I began to read these verses several weeks ago for a sub-point in the message on child training, the point, if I remember correctly, was teaching our children how to respond to God. But I couldn't get away from that statement. I couldn't get away from just the power of that statement in verse number 9. Where Samuel, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be if he call thee. He didn't say when he called thee. He said, if he called thee. That's what I noticed. You say, well, what is so significant about that? Well, you got to look at the one that was doing the talking. It was Eli. And if there was anybody in that place that had taken for granted the voice of God, it was Eli. If there was anybody in the story that knew what it was like to have heard God's voice and then stop hearing it, it was Eli. Eli was not under the assumption that after three tries, God would speak to Samuel again. The story is very clear in the beginning of chapter number three, that the Bible tells us the condition of not just the country, but the condition of the house of God. The Bible says that as the child ministered unto the Lord before Eli, the word of the Lord was precious in those days. That word precious means rare. It was a rare commodity. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. The word of the Lord was precious in those days. If I could use a little play on words, Brother Berner, I'd say it like this. The word of the Lord was precious in those days because the word of the Lord was not precious <laughs> in those days. Because the word of God was not a valuable thing to the hearers and to the listeners, God simply stopped speaking. It goes on to say, in verse number one, there was no open vision. God on a regular basis would appear, speak to his people, speak to his man, speak to the men of God 
for the people and bring them words and bring them uh, uh, advice and bring them counsel and bring them direction. By the way, God's always done that. God's always been keen on leading his people. He don't leave his people out in the dark. Even the children of Israel had the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day as the preacher preached just the other day. I believe it was Brother Sorrell, if I'm not mistaken, said that every morning they'd get up and open up the flaps of their tent to see if the pillar was still there. The pillar was there so they could know whether or not they were needed to pack up and follow it or whether they were just supposed to stay and it would move from time to time. God's always had leadership. God's always had direction for his people. But in this story, the Bible says the word of the Lord was precious and the, there was no open vision. And it goes on to tell us in verse number two, and it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. In verse three, ere the lamp of God went out in the temple where the ark of God was. The ark of God, that was the, that was the picture and a type of the, of the very presence of God. God's presence was there through that ark and yet they allowed the lamp of God to go out. There was no value placed on spiritual things. There was no value placed on the word of God, visions from God. There was no value placed on the presence of God. God had just stopped talking to Eli. As a matter of fact, when God wanted to talk to Eli, he had to give a message to somebody else. He gave Eli a message in chapter 2, verse number 27, from another man of God. God spoke to Eli through a man of God in chapter 2. In, in chapter 3, God's got a message for Eli and the nation of Israel, and he completely circumvented Eli, and his sons gave the message to a little boy. And it's interesting to me that when you read the life of Eli, one thing that is missing is discernment. In chapter 2, the Bible says he was sitting uh, on, a, on a bench on a, on, next to the post of the house of God. In chapter 1, verse number 9, he's sitting there by, upon a seat. And Hannah begins to pray and was in bitterness of soul. And verse number 10, and she wept sore and she's vowing vows. The Bible says in verse number 12 and verse number 13, we're talking about Eli, the priest, the man of God, can I say it, didn't have enough discernment to recognize somebody that was praying. That doesn't speak very well of Eli's prayer life now, does it? When there's a woman kneeling down in the house of God and she's in bitterness of soul and she's weeping and she's praying and Eli is so disconnected from the spiritual needs of his people that he thought she was drunken and rebuked her. He's got no discernment. You get down to chapter number two. The Bible tells us his sons Hophni and Phinehas was as corrupt they were taking the offerings. They were stealing the meat. They were using it for their, own, for their own sake. The Bible tells us down in verse number 22 that uh, Eli's sons, uh, how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. They were committing adultery. They were committing fornication in the door of the tabernacle. And everybody in the nation knew it except Eli. What it says he heard, 
how that his sons did. In verse number 23, I hear of your evil dealings by all these people. Everybody knew what his sons was doing in the very tabernacle. And Eli didn't. Can we agree he didn't have a lot of discernment? He didn't have a lot of spiritual discretion. And yet, in verse chapter 3, verse number 8, after three times that Samuel came running to Eli, he said, you call me. And Eli said, I did not call you. After the third time, the Bible says that Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Boy, that statement right there stuck a dagger in my heart. That for the sake of this boy, stay with me, for the sake of Samuel, God gave a man he had stopped talking to just a tiny little window of discernment so that he could tell Samuel, that's not me calling you, that's the Lord calling you. And I thought to myself how tragic it would be that the last message I ever got from God was, I'm not talking to you anymore. The last message I got from God was, I'm going to talk to somebody else. I'm going to talk to somebody that will listen. Listen to me carefully. This is not a nominal church member. This is not an unsafe person. This is the man of God. This is the man that was put in a position of leadership in the tabernacle to lead God's people. Is everybody still with me? His life, his life was consumed with ministry. His life was from the early morning hours until late at night being in the tabernacle and doing the ministries and going through the motions of his, his office and his calling. And yet God stopped talking to him. And he perceived that the Lord was calling Samuel. Can you imagine what went through his mind after that third time of Samuel coming to his bedroom and saying, you call me. And it dawned on him. It dawned on him. God is speaking again. The word of God is now back in our land, but he's not talking to me. He's talking to that little boy in yonder. And that, I can't get away from this thought, Brother Burner. If, if, if. He didn't say when. God had already called Samuel three times. Are y'all still with me? He had already called him by name three times. But I believe with all my heart, God was merciful. God was gracious and we have the reason. We know why. The Bible tells us why in verse number seven. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And then I had another dagger hit me in the heart. This little boy had been in this tabernacle for years. Still did not know God did not know what the voice of God sounded like. I thought about places all across this country this morning. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. The Lord's Day. How many kids are sitting in a Sunday school class across this country? 
How many children are sitting in a youth group? How many children are sitting in churches, dried up, dead, plucked up by the roots, and do not yet know God, do not yet know the voice of God? Because God's not talking in the place where they are. I can say this, and I don't believe, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, and I believe God knows my heart, young people. I don't have any pride in what I'm saying right here. I'm very humble about what I'm about to say. But I believe with all of my heart that you young people are in a place where you can hear the voice of God. I believe that. I believe that. You can hear from God. God, there ain't no reason for you to sit here. Many of you is in our Christian school. There ain't no reason in the world for you to sit in the Sunday school classes and sit in our Christian school and these chapel services and these Bible classes every morning and sit in this church right here and be Samuel's age and not yet know the voice of God. But that's how it was there. I thought about this. I thought about so many things when I read this story. Hannah prayed for this son and said, I went into the Lord. When he was weaned, she took him to the house of God, dropped him off, left him with the man of God. It was the best place she knew of, and it still wasn't a good place. Are y'all getting this this morning? I mean, I mean, this has been on me for two straight weeks, if not longer. The best place, I mean, in her mind, for her to do something honorable and to do something for God, you couldn't get any more than taking your son and drop him off at the tabernacle and let the man of God raise your son, raise him in the ministry. And the Bible tells us multiple times in chapter number two, that the child Samuel ministered, ministered before the Lord. Our chapter starts in chapter three. He's ministering. He's learning how to serve. He's learning ministry. And he's in a place where God's not even talking to people. Boy, dead, dry religion. It's a curse in this country. I've said it before, if I had some people's religion, I'd trade it in for a mule and then shoot the mule. I'm going to be honest with you. I have absolutely no desire to go to a church where God's not working, God's not moving, God's not speaking. Life's too short. I'd stay at home and go out in the yard in the rain on my stomach and watch grass grow before I'd go sit in some dry, dusty funeral home slash church service and go through all this religious ritual and God not be there. That's where we find Samuel in this story. And so Eli, it dawned on him after the third time, if he called thee, God might not. He's done come three times. But God looked down and saw because Samuel did not yet know the Lord. God was merciful. I want to say this this morning. There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee that if he's come by your way over and over and over again, that he's going to keep doing that. There's been some people that's prayed and asked God to leave them alone, and he, he left them alone. Left them alone. In Revelation 3, you got the church at Laodicea, and Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. 
He's on the outside of the church. The church. They're in there having church, and he's on the outside. That's what the Bible says. That's the context of that verse. I stand, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is on the outside of the church of Laodicea. So we see that word if. Then we see the word he. If he. Who. Who's the he in that verse? Well, it's, it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. It's Lord. It's God. It's the God of heaven and earth, the creator of the universe. That's who Eli was talking to Samuel about. If he call thee, my soul, what a thought. My, that the God of heaven. And can I just say this right now? <clears throat> if you're not the least bit moved or humbled at that thought right there, you need revival. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out. If you're used to the fact that the God of heaven would come by your way, stop what he's doing. Can I say it that way? We're talking about God. If he. It was a message Tuesday night about that blind man in John 9. Started out in verse number 1. Jesus passed by. Whew. Heard that man calling. And stopped what he was doing and went over there. It was John 4, that woman at the well. Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria for one adulterous woman. Luke 19, he walked all the way over to that tree with that crowd of people standing behind him and looked up in that tree, singled out Zacchaeus out of that crowd. If he... We're not talking about the preacher. We're not talking about your Sunday school teacher. We're not even talking about your mom and daddy. We're talking about God. If God comes by, what a thought. And he's, he does, by the way. It, it never ceases to amaze me. The longer I'm saved, the longer I'm a child of God, the more overwhelmed I am that God would take time for me. I don't for one second think I deserve it. If you ever get to where you deserve it, you're on dangerous ground. You want to talk about entitlement. You want to talk about being entitled. If there was anybody in this story that was entitled to hear from God, it would have been Eli, considering who he was and the position that he held. God just skipped right over him with that little boy. If he... If he, number, number three, now look at that word, if he call. Call. I'm preaching slow so y'all can catch up with me because I've been on this for two, two weeks and it's getting bigger by the minute. You know, I tell my staff, if I call you, answer the phone. If, if, I'm, if I call you, answer it. I'm not calling just to see how you're doing or to chew the fat. If I call you, I'm calling you for a reason. I don't care what you're doing. 
If you look down and you see my name on your phone, answer it. Because I got something I need right now from you that can't wait. You know what's sad is how many people put God on do not disturb. By the way, these smartphones has got do not disturb option on there. You can go in your settings and put on do not disturb. Then you can go in there and put some contacts in there that will override the do not disturb. Are y'all still with me? Here's what we need to do. We need to put everybody else on do not disturb and put God be the only one that when he, rang, when he calls that we don't miss it. Amen. I was right on the road one day. I was pastoring in South Carolina. I was right on the road one day and my phone was up on my, on my phone, uh, phone mount. It was up on the dash. And Patrick Whitmire was riding with me. We were talking. We were going to go do something. We was buying some materials. So he did HVAC work. We was headed Home Depot or somewhere to get something for the church. We was working on church and he'd... Doing that, and my phone rang, and I looked down, and it was Dr. Benny Beckham. Oh, I said on my phone, on the caller ID. And uh, you got that little option on there where you just decline. And Patrick, boy, he got, he got all fired up. He said, Wow, goodness, preacher, that was Brother Beckham calling you. You just declined the call from Brother Benny Beckham. I said, I'll call him back later. I said, I want to just talk. This before we got married. He called preachers and talked for hours. Well, I got a wife. I can't talk to you for hours. I, I got stuff to do. Amen. I married a wife, therefore I cannot talk. Amen. But boy, he got he just said, I can't believe that. You just declined the call from Dr. Benny Beckham. I said, I'll call him back. I'll call him back. Let's talk to him the other day. I'm talking to you. I'm being with you. I'm doing stuff right now. I can't, I can't talk to him right now. And he just kept on, I can't believe. My pastor, and he made a big deal out of it, like Brother Beckham was like, like he was God or something. And I thought about this. How many times God calls? Just reach over there and hit that decline button. It's God calling. Are y'all getting this? This is God calling. This is the God of heaven coming to... Look at what it says. Look at what it says in verse number 10. And the Lord came and stood and called. I mean, God's standing right beside him. The God of heaven has singled him out. And is calling him. First time he called me was the first time he called you. Remember? It was for salvation. Remember that? That's the first call you're going to get. That's the first call you're going to get is he's going to call you to salvation. Because God's not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. And he's going to call you into salvation. Come unto me, Jesus said. All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Revelation said, the spirit and the bride say, come. Take the word of life freely. First call, first time he ever called me, I was a little boy. He called me, and I'm so glad I answered the phone. I'm so glad I didn't walk out that service that night grieving and quenching the Holy Spirit. I shared this Tuesday night. I tell my testimony all the time. Y'all tell yours all the time too, by the way. But when he called me, I'm so glad I didn't hit decline on that phone. I'm so glad I answered. 
First call is going to be to salvation. But can I tell you something? He's going to call you a lot after that. I hope he's on your favorites. Hope he's on speed dial. People call me all the time and they think I know them because they know me. They just start talking like we just broke out in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else. I'm like, hang on just a second. Who are you? You don't know me? I don't know you. I know you. Well, good. Who are you? I don't have your name in my phone. That's what I say. Don't you put his name in your phone? Now, this is simple this morning. We talk to everybody. And we answer everybody else's calls. I literally had somebody tell me, I can't come to church. Too many people need me. I got people I got to see about. I said, you, you, you got that backwards. You, you've done elevated yourself in your mind to such a high position of importance that you meeting everybody else's needs and answering everybody else's call is more important than you answering God's call. If he call thee. Eli said, he ain't going to call me. He's not going to call me. He's going to call you. He's going to call you. And the first three times he said Samuel. The third time he said Samuel, Samuel. There was no mistake in who he was talking to. And when I tell you something, God, when he starts talking to you, it will be such a powerful, life-changing message. Here's what he said to Samuel. Here's what he said to Samuel in verse number 11. Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. If it made the ears of everybody in the nation tingle, what do you reckon it did to his ears? This is the first time God's ever talked to him. This is the first time the God of heaven has come and stood by him and called him by name and his message was so powerful and it was so personal. God said it'll make the ears of everybody that hears it tingle. It made his ears tingle. In fact, he didn't go back to sleep. The Bible says he laid there till the morning in verse number 15 and opened the doors of the house of the Lord and feared to show Eli the vision. Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he said, here am I. He said, what is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? Boy, can you imagine the preacher having to go ask the church member what God said? Can you imagine being a daddy in your home and you've got a child under your roof that's got a closer walk with God than you do? And you got to go to them to find out what God's will is. Come on, y'all. I'm going to be honest with you. I believe I'd get my act together if that was the case in my house. I got a 10-year-old son. And if God was talking to him and wasn't talking to me, I do believe I'd get my act together. It's backwards in this story. Big time. The preacher's going to the little boy and saying, what did God say? Little boy's supposed to be coming to the preacher saying, What did God say? 
Bible says he feared to tell him. He feared to tell Eli the vision. In verse number 17, what is the thing the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. Don't hide it from me. You want to know why he said that? I believe he was a little bit tired of being in the dark. Huh? The lamp had gone out. The word Lord was precious. There was no open vision. And now there's a little boy down in the hall. God's talking to him. You know what he said? I'm tired of God hiding stuff from me. I'm tired of not knowing what's going on. Would you please tell me what God said and don't hide it from me? Well, we keep reading. The Bible says, God do so to thee and more also if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. I thought about this in verse number 17. It's a little too late to want to hear and listen to everything God's got to say. God's been talking the whole time. God sent a man of God in chapter 2, verse 27. He didn't listen to him. He didn't listen to him. Bible says in verse 18, Samuel told him every wit and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. What was the message? Verse 12 and 13 and 14. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. I've told him. I've told him. I've told him. And I've told him. And he didn't listen. And now I'm telling you, I'm going to put an end to it. Verse 14, therefore I've sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. It is too late. He can't pay his way out of it. He can't buy his way out of it. He can't sacrifice his way out of it because he didn't listen to me. I'm done with him. And now I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to tell you what I want. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And if somebody else is going to hear it, they're going to get it from you. I'm going to close with this. The Bible tells us that God was with Samuel. He grew up, the Bible says in verse number 19. And the Lord was with him, watch this, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. Can I tell you why I believe God did not let any of Samuel's words fall to the ground? Because Samuel didn't let none of God's words fall to the ground. He started out young saying, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Can I, can I say this this morning with heads bowed, eyes closed? If, if he call thee, if he call thee, the best thing in the world you could do, right then, right then, is say, Speak, Lord. I'm listening. He might be calling somebody to salvation this morning. He might be calling somebody to repentance. Some of you in here, you've been playing around with sin so long. It's a miracle God's even dealing with you about it anymore. Can I tell you something? If he is, if he called thee, 
You do not, you do not want to reject that phone call. Don't, don't blow him off. If he called thee, oh, well, Samuel went back, got in that bed, got real still and real quiet. I believe he was leaning in, I believe he was leaning into the darkness. His ears were just in tune for the minute God called his name. God may be calling you this morning. It's an unmistakable ringtone. I promise you, when God calls, you'll know it's Him. He may be calling you to service. He may be calling you to sanctification, separation. He may be calling you to do something that He's not calling anybody else to do. Would you answer Him this morning? Would you listen to Him? Would you respond to His voice? Oh, what a privilege, what a priceless treasure for the God of heaven to call your name. If you're here this morning and you're not sure you're saved, with heads bowed, eyes closed, altars are full, all across the front people are praying. If you're here though this morning and you're not 100% sure that you are a born again, blood bought child of God and that if you died right now, you'd go to heaven. If you're not sure of that, would you just slip your hand up where I can see it Preacher, pray for me. God bless you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure. We wouldn't embarrass you for anything in the world. We just want to help you this morning. It'd be our greatest, our greatest joy to take a Bible and help you get that settled. The greatest thing in the world is knowing where you spend eternity. And the first call you get from God is the call to salvation. That's the first call you're going to get. Is he calling you this morning?